0: What's up everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick, before questions, we have a word from this video's sponsor, BetterHelp. I've struggled with stress and anxiety for years. I started going to therapy back in 2012, and have been going off and on ever since. Talking to a therapist has been a huge help for my mental health, as well as my professional and personal life. But there's no denying therapy can be expensive and time-consuming. That's where BetterHelp is different. Their services are more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can visit a therapist from the comfort and privacy of your home. When you sign up, you just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you. get matched with a licensed therapist to meet those needs in as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise with over 20,000 therapists that can give you access to help that may not be available in your area. Schedule secure video and phone sessions and exchange unlimited messages. If you're not happy with your therapist, you can request a new one at no additional charge. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month by clicking on the link in the description, or by visiting betterhelp.com/slash Star Wars. That's betterhelp.com/slash Star Wars for 10% off your first month. And now, back to questions.
1: For our first question, Leftist Hominid asks: Our thoughts on Empire Magazine's recent article about Ryan Johnson, The Last Jedi, and his Star Wars trilogy.
0: Yeah, a lot of people were talking about this article because it just seems like every time Ryan Johnson opens his mouth now it becomes like newsworthy. <laughs>
1: about Star Wars specifically, Maybe, yeah, but yes. Yeah, about
0: Star Wars. Um and really there were two articles that I saw, one where he was just looking back on The Last Jedi and uh one about his trilogy of films that he is still signed on for. Let's start with that cuz that's more the news. I don't know what else we could say about The Last Jedi that has not been said. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it seems like, you know, it's it's so polar. People either love it or hate it. Like, I feel like I'm a very middle of the road. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie. I, I don't even close to hate it, though. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just like a boring opinion about it.
1: I really enjoy it. I think what he said is fine. Like, he said he's more proud of it now than ever, right? Mm-hmm. So And he should be. He made a great Star Wars movie, and now that the Skywalker saga is over and finished, I think he had a very integral part in that, and yeah, he should be proud.
0: And I mean, even though it has some stuff that made me as a Star Wars fan kind of go like, ooh, I don't know, a lot of that stuff, um, I understand why he made those choices. And he does kind of talk about that, that when you look back at myth, um, when you look at king arthur or he doesn't bring up beowulf but this is a comparison that's been made before is you know they always start with the hero becoming a hero becoming a legend and then later in life uh you know he he's kind of fallen on hard times or he's kind of tired of being a legend but he goes out like with one last hurrah Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah that's exactly what luke does so just like george lucas pulled from myth that's what ryan johnson did uh, and I, I think that Luke's final actions, even though I was like not ready for Luke to die, <laughs> uh, I was not ready to see that happen. I really think that what he does in that final battle of crate is like the epitome of being a Jedi, mm-hmm. of, uh, not using the force for attack, but using it for defense and knowledge. Uh, I think he nailed that. Yeah. So... <laughs> I said let's start with the trilogy talk. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. Fine. What else is there to say? I guess there's something. But (laughs) let's talk about the trilogy thing, which basically builds off of some stuff Kathleen Kennedy said a few months ago that um, they still meet. They're still talking about it. It's all down to timing right now. That's it.
1: I mean, I think this is great news for ryan johnson fans that he it's still something on his radar and on kathleen kennedy's radar and he did say something like he would be sad if he never got to play in this sandbox again so just hearing some reassurance from him uh about the idea of him coming back and doing anything in the star wars universe uh feels good
0: yeah and even though i'm kind of Uh, down the middle on The Last Jedi, I would really like to see him come back and do a trilogy that is all his own. I mean, that's something that I have been not campaigning for, but that's something I've wanted Star Wars to do more and more of is get away from the known and just let creators carve out their own part of the galaxy like uh, the High Republic has done. Um, You know, some... New areas of the galaxy are going to be better than others. They're not all going to land for everyone, but I think that pulling away from all the emotional baggage that comes with the Skywalkers and all of Star Wars that we've known since the 70s is a smart move. And Ryan Johnson is a good storyteller and director, and I want to see what he will do with his own stuff.
1: Yeah, I would like to see his vision of a trilogy. So instead of him just getting the middle part for Last Jedi, I want to see his one, two, and three.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think I really, really love Knives Out and Brick and Looper. So I want to see kind of his more original takes on Star Wars than having to connect it back to anything else. I think that'd be great.
1: Madman's Knowledge wants to know what new characters in Andor do we think will pop up in future books and comics?
0: I wanted to cover this because last week we talked about how, you know, we get closer and closer to uh, new Star Wars property and everyone's always asking us, could this person appear? Could that person appear? What planets that we already know? Will will we see Tatooine again? Like, (laughs) it's harder to speculate on the new stuff. Um, But of the characters that we have seen, in the trailer for Andor, on the poster. uh, Who are the new characters that we're most excited for?
1: I think Denise Goff's character is one that I'm pretty excited for. I I like Imperial, uh, like the bad character women. I want to see more of that. Uh, I was a really big fan of Price and Rebels. So I think, uh, what's her character's name?
0: Uh, Oh, uh, now, Dedra... Moreau, Dedra. Yeah, you put me on the spot, and I had to. <laughs> I had to pull it.
1: <laughs> I'm excited for Dedra, and just to see a little more of the Imperial side side of things, and get a closer look at the Imperials in this time period.
0: That's great. I was going to say Cyril Carn. <laughs> so the the two together, the two Imperials. I, I'm very intrigued by both of them, but Cyril got a lot of focus in the trailers, uh, and didn't. I don't think have any lines in either of them. It's just a lot of intense looks. <laughs> uh, I saw an interview with them both where they were talking about their other favorite fandoms. And uh, Kyle Soler, who plays Cyril, said he loves Indiana Jones. So now I'm just on board with that actor <laughs> and I uh, want nothing but the best for him.
1: And didn't she say Gus from Breaking Bad was one of her like favorite performances?
0: Yeah. So she she said that she was kind of basing her character off of Gus, and we're we're watching Better Call Saul right now, and uh, Gus just got into it, so that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, both of those Imperials, I think, look like a lot of fun. Luth and Rail is someone new that I think will be popping up in the future, a- and that's the thing uh, that Madman kind of asked, will we see these characters in books and comics in the future? Almost certainly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way Star Wars goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, i I wonder how much of the political stuff that we're going to get. Cause if we got maybe like a Mon Mothma spinoff comic, that would be cool. <laughs> and then we would probably see a lot of the other politicians and senators that we might see in Andor.
0: Yeah. Not to go too far down the rabbit hole of uh, characters that we already know, but it is wild to me that this is going to be the most we've ever gotten to see of Mon Mothma. That she's been such a prominent figure in Star Wars since 1983. Yeah. <laughs> and now 40 years later, we're finally like really digging into her story and I'm excited for that. But yeah, uh, I, I also wanted to mention, I think it's like Luth Rail's partner in crime. I don't know what her exact role is. I know she was named in the subtitles, but she was the one in the trailer that was kind of like, you're slipping. And he's like, I'm not slipping. I'm just being careful or I've, I've, I've been hidden for too long. I don't know. But <laughs> she seemed really intriguing. Someone that was kind of acting a little mousy and helpful on one end. And then like she literally lets her hair down mm. and is uh, a lot more intense. So yeah. I, I want to know what her deal is.
1: That sounds like a, an interesting character dynamic. Guiguio asks if the New Republic establishes itself too quickly in the princess and the scoundrel.
0: <laughs> well, I will point out that in The Princess and the Scoundrel, I don't know if you're listening to the audiobook or reading it, when you're reading it, they talk about the New Republic a lot, but it's with a lowercase n and a lowercase r, as in they're, they're kind of speculating, like, we have to make a New Republic. I don't think they knew that it would be the New Republic yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that that's kind of the case. I also don't put that at Beth Revis's feet, uh, because the Aftermath trilogy basically set that up. With the first aftermath book, already the New Republic was a thing months after the Battle of Endor, so all of this stuff just I do think happens rather quickly. I I kind of wish the Battle of Jakku were not just a year after the Battle of Endor, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm only like halfway through the book still right now. I'm really enjoying it. It does feel like things are moving fairly quickly, but. I, I mean, maybe she didn't get approved to write a 600-page book about the creation of the New Republic. She she wanted to write a love story. Right. And I don't know. I, I'm digging the book uh, so far. So I, I don't think that's taking anything away for me personally. But
0: Yeah. And like I said, I think that Beth is just keeping it consistent with what has already been set up. And obviously, you know, this isn't real. It is fantasy, And yeah, it has some sci-fi elements to it, but I I do think that the idea for Aftermath, back when they were setting all this stuff up, is to like let's just move this along. Like we know the Empire falls, let's put it out of its misery, and we'll tell other stories.
1: And I did just read a part where Leia's like talking. I don't know if she this is an inner monologue or not, but she's talking about all of the contingency plans that she knows Palpatine has in place mm-hmm. and some of them are already kind of starting to pop up here and there so she knows that there's other stuff going on.
0: Yeah, and and that's basically the idea of why it fell so quickly is that Palpatine pushed it along and that's what we find out in Empire's end that Operation Cinder is very much a uh, like oh will you let me die? Empire, well you don't get to survive either. And so Palpatine Uh, destroys the Empire partially himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's fine. I think there could have been a more middle ground between how long it lasted in Legends beyond Endor, but more than a year. But, you know, whatever. We knew it was going to fall. This is all mythology. I think I would feel better about it if we got more stories after Jakku and before uh, The Force Awakens. And Mm -hmm. we're starting to get that.
1: Framed Citizen wants to know what we want to see in Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars that we won't probably get to see in the games.
0: I thought that was a really interesting question. Something that a book could do better than a video game. And I think that we will get some more inner monologue for Cal. I think it'll help make Cal more of his own character. Because when you're playing a video game, it's kind of like you can't help but put some of yourself into the character's shoes Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think this is going to be a lot like the rogue one novelization where we got a lot more inner monologue for jen and it really helped to flesh out her character better so yeah I i think that would make perfect sense
0: yeah cal is a character i understand outside of myself but still i just i can't help but think back to Fallen Order and being like, oh man, that time I fought the Ninth Sister sure was neat. <laughs> I, th- I think that Battle Scars will do a good job at just helping him <laughs> separate me from Cal. I am Cal. I'm as yeah. cool as Cal is what I'm trying to say.
1: If we can get some, some of his thoughts on specific, yeah, like fights that we had in the game where he's kind of like looking back mm. at, his performance, or you know, who whoever it was that he fought, or his time around Vader, like that would be really cool. Also, just talking about maybe flashbacks from training and the the Jedi Temple. That'd yeah, be cool.
0: And not to just talk about Cal, I think all of the characters will benefit from this. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see more Marin, Grease, uh i sear, <laughs> blanking on a name again. <laughs> Ugh, my brain's not firing on all c- cylinders this morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, more Marin would absolutely be a, just a treat. And even the author mentioned that she was excited to write for mm-hmm. Marin,
0: So I hope we get another scene. Okay, we need an inner monologue of Grease and how he just loves salty food. Like, <laughs> Let's finally get an explanation for <laughs> salting his food for a minute and a half straight.
1: Maybe something about... That species needing extra sodium in their diet. <laughs> yeah. Tom Nash asks, What was the last Star Wars story that made us cry?
0: I, and they did say uh, rewatches count, so it doesn't have to be the last thing that you saw for the first time, but I do think it was the last episode of Obi Wan. Uh, mm. Specifically, Obi Wan finally like coming back, reuniting with Leia, and telling her. About her parents. And then her being like, I I have everything I need. Basically looking at her, her uh, Bale and Brea.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't think about that one, but that's definitely the last one that <laughs> made me cry. I was thinking about books. Uh, and I don't often cry during, like while reading Star Wars books. But I know uh, maybe it was Rising Storm or Fallen Star. I can't remember which one. Maybe the end of 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 uh, Rising Storm yeah made me cry uh, yeah I mean
0: that was <laughs> I, I I just that was had so like intense a, <laughs> I didn't cry at that one I think I was just mad at Kevin Scott <laughs> yeah in a good way uh, but if we're talking books Midnight Horizon the end of that book uh, got me weepy mm-hmm. just I, I really loved uh, Ram and Wreath's relationship and. Uh, the book's been out for months, but I still don't want to like spoil it. But the way Wreath's uh, story went at the end, uh, I, I really, really liked it.
1: On to YouTube questions. The RM Network wants to know if Leia ever reconciled her contempt for Vader with Obi-Wan's words about Anakin.
0: I did not mean for that last question to flow so well into this one, but here we are. <laughs> uh, I, I really like that question where in The Princess and the Scoundrel, we see her... Coping with the fact that Darth Vader is her father. And it doesn't connect back to the Obi Wan series or any of that. So we don't get her thoughts on that as far as I recall. But I would like to think that Leia kind of reconciled Vader and Anakin. I don't know. I, I never got that sense in Bloodline so much mm-hmm. that she was. that she had made peace with it, really.
1: Yeah, I don't think specifically with Obi-Wan's words about Anakin because that happened such a long time ago and I don't know that she would remember that. But
0: I think she would remember, I would hope so, but maybe she does kind of view Vader and Anakin as separate people.
1: I, I would think so because, yeah, the way that she kind of talks and thinks about Vader to herself and to Luke in Princess and the Scoundrel, she's kind of like, I am not okay with this, and I'm just going to like put that on the back burner for now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I-, I do think she probably thought about it at some point, and there are some cool moments in The Princess and the Scoundrel where Leia is wondering what her future should be should she train as a Jedi. Does she want to learn more about the Force? But we also see that she has some very uh, anakin ideas about like i will do anything to protect the people i love Mm -hmm. and so i wonder if she does learn more about anakin and maybe that does affect her decision on whether or not to continue her jedi training which i liked because it doesn't make it all focused on this like oh i had a vision of my son's future and that was vague it's like no this is a very practical reason why you might want to focus on the politics and the thing that you know you're good at and have been good at for your whole life. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm talented with the Force, but it's not calling to me the the way it is for Luke.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of times where she'll talk about Luke and how like Luke's great with the Jedi stuff and the Force and everything. And I think I could be there, but I know deep down this is where I can do the most good for myself and for everyone else is like being general Leia Organa. Alan Paris asks if Palpatine really wanted Vader to become more powerful than him.
0: So that's from Revenge of the Sith. Sidious tells Yoda that Darth Vader will become more powerful than either of them. Did he really want that? Uh, I, I think yes and no. I think I will chalk that up to Sith hubris. Mm-hmm. Like I think Sidious may have known that the Chosen One uh, could surpass him in power, but I think he also just had enough faith in himself that he'd be able to tame that power and keep him under his thumb.
1: Yeah, I think maybe this is a different kind of power. Like, Vader would be more powerful in the Force and a more powerful presence, maybe, Uh, just like more powerful physically in general than he is, but he will ultimately have the most power because he is under him. Yeah. Like Vader is still bowing down to him. So in his mind, he contains the, the higher power.
0: Yeah, like Palpatine is all about control. Yeah, I think that's well said. I also think that it's just a Sith thing, especially when you look at the rule of two, even though it's Legends material here, the Darth Bane books, uh, Darth Bane is like, each master should train their apprentice until they are more powerful than they were. And when the apprentice can kill the master, then we know the Sith are getting stronger and stronger. So like, all of the Sith do want that. They want their apprentices to get stronger. But then when it comes down to it, none of them want to pass it on and die. Even Darth Bane who, like, set up this dynasty. And he is like, this is the rule and how the Sith will get stronger. When it came time for Xana to surpass him and, like, duel him, he was like, maybe I got the wrong apprentice. Maybe I should start over. Like, he doesn't want to let go. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just the Sith thing of, yeah, we do want to cooperate. We want to make sure we get stronger. But I always want to be the the top dog we never want to let anyone get above us deep down
1: yeah it's just like a constant cycle for them and it makes sense that they would set this rule in place where yeah they have to train someone to just be powerful enough to overtake them but then the longer they live the more they're like mm, i don't think you can take me right <laughs> The real Code Black wants to know if Andor could serve as a goodbye to the Separatist faction the same way the Bad Batch was a goodbye to Kamino.
0: I think that's an interesting thought, one I hadn't considered, but we know that uh, Cassian and his family were Separatists, at least in reference books. I don't know if they're going to keep that, but we have seen clone troopers in the trailer. So I think that would be interesting to. I, I do hope they explore that side. Of Cassian and his history of resistance mm-hmm. um, I don't know I don't know how much focus that's gonna get though
1: yeah I think maybe it'll be just a given that this is kind of the the end of an era for the separatists and we're, we're moving towards the empire and them taking over everything so I think this makes sense logically yeah I don't think we'll have the the sincere and emotional goodbye that we got with Camino, where we just got like shot after shot of it sinking into the ocean. And it was a very emotional scene.
0: Yeah. I-, I think that something like that would work better in animation just because we spent so much more time with the Confederacy and the clones in the Clone Wars series. Whereas in live action, you don't get that much time with the separatists mm-hmm. that they're, they're in attack of the clones. They're in uh revenge of the Sith. I guess the trade federation is kind of, you know, part of the separatist movement. So the phantom menace kind of counts, but I don't know that there needs to be like this big emotional goodbye <laughs> to the Confederacy. The, the way that there was for Camino in Uh, The Bad Batch.
1: Yeah, I think it's more about the uprising of Palpatine and everybody kind of having this looming thought together of like, oh, we're all kind of in trouble here.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of not expecting them to touch upon the separatist stuff with Cassian. I'm even wondering if the clones will be Imperial by the time we see them. Who knows? Um, But I I do hope that they bring it up.
1: Hinbra asks if Ahsoka and Sabine will appear in The Mandalorian Season 3 to help set up the Ahsoka series.
0: There have been whispers of that stuff and whether or not it will happen online this past week. And I honestly, I've been expecting it since uh, we knew Sabine was going to be in Ahsoka.
1: Yeah, I fully expect this to happen. I won't be upset if it doesn't, but it just makes sense that eventually they would pop up to, to set up the show,
0: it, it makes so much sense from a story standpoint, too. Just Din's got the Darksaber, and Sabine used to have it and knows Bo Katan. So, like, we have three Darksaber wielders, and Sabine could maybe come in and mediate between the two. Also, help uh, Din train with it because she got training from a Jedi, and she's Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. th- there's just a lot that makes sense for Sabine to come into the story. Ahsoka's already been pulled into it, and yeah, from the marketing business side of things, they can set up the the series itself and be like, "Okay, well, we're off to do something else that's very cool, and I hope you all check it out." They're, <laughs> they're literally going to say that and wink into the camera, yeah, and then it'll say, ah- "Ahsoka coming and." April 2023, and yeah. off we go. They're
1: going to serve it to us on a on a gold platter, and we'll eat it up.
0: Because, I mean, a lot of people... The Mandalorian is, like, far and away, I think, the most watched Star Wars thing right now. Like, even my most casual Star Wars fan friends really, really like The Mandalorian, and they don't really know much about Andor, and they don't really know anything about an Ahsoka series. So... Mm-hmm. They might miss trailers and other news drops, but if they're watching The Mandalorian <laughs> and they're going to be like, oh, they're, they're doing something else mm-hmm. and they, they want to keep up with that, I think that's probably their best marketing tool. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below, or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel.
1: Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
0: And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.